There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hood, Bonnie Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Friday morning episode. And of course, the news is dominated by the fact that ABBA have reunited. <laughs> it's big news. Where did you find out? Where, where were you when you heard the news? Did I was on Twitter and actually it was our um, uh, our associate and fan of the show. don't think it's uh, too presumptuous for me to say. The noted music writer Simon Price. Right. had just written a tribute to the song Knowing Me, Knowing You, yeah. explaining why he felt it was the best ABBA song. And I didn't know why he'd written it, but I welcomed it. Yeah. And I told him that I appreciated it, but I didn't agree. And I thought, what is he, what's all this anyway? What is Pricey? Why has Pricey woken up in, that, in, in the mood to tell me what ABBA's best song is? Yeah. Although I do like it when people do that out of the blue, right? <laughs> Stuff to do with music out of the blue is good. I like yeah. that. Then I've seen some other fuckers uh, writing their favourite ABBA songs. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's all this? This needs further investigation. Fucking Something's hell. going on with ABBA. My the journalistic spider sense is working Kids, here. everyone gather round. Something's happening in the world of ABBA, in that ABBA-verse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, this, have you ever seen... Um, Bjorn again I think I have but I yeah. think I was so pissed it yeah. was like I'd sort of wiped it from my memory and then a few years ago my wife reminded me that we'd we hadn't bought tickets we'd been at an event and they'd just fucking mm. turned up and started doing it and it was really good as I sort of vaguely remember but they had a big story about an Abbaverse where they disappeared because Ab- Abba were always in a helicopter I think weren't they pretty much yeah going from they like travelling in a helicopter yeah, yeah. And they and they, and according to Bjorn again, they'd sort of disappeared into space or in some sort of vortex right. in the in that helicopter, and then sort of been reborn and come back again in an egg, perhaps something like that. Yeah, an Abba egg. Well, I did see Bjorn again last summer. Um, oh yeah, at Newcastle Racecourse, there were some outdoor COVID-friendly gigs where everybody mm. had it, had their own um, kind of pod that they had to stand in, which was just like a metal platform with a little bit of metal fencing around it. Mm. Um, and we, everybody had their own platforms. And, and Bjorn again were uh, supporting the bootleg Beatles. And I thought this is a pretty fucking good... It's tribute to the This is a good band double, double bonanza. Yeah, yeah, so we went along. And the bootleg Beatles are brilliant, but I did not yeah. care very much for Bjorn again because I felt they didn't take ABBA seriously. Oh, was it a bit of a camp cabaret type thing? It was. Thing? It was mm. a little bit far too... Um, and at one point, they were doing songs by other acts. And I thought, nah. that's not fucking good. I don't nah, want to fucking... 
you get it impersonate Abbott, fucking get get I mean, it impersonate I mean, Abbott. You're right about Abbott being taken seriously. Although I don't really like any music being taken too seriously. The, the point is, is because they were embraced by, I don't know, it's very much everyone pissed on a hen night sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit like the sort of people, you know, the hen night mob who'll put on, you know, wannabe by the Spice Girls Ooh. and start. Ah! They've yeah, all like, yeah. you know, yeah. they've all had their cocktails. In, 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 they've got and, inflatable microphones that they've brought along. All the yeah, and it's a little bit, they're being ironic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Ah, I love this one. Right. By the way, a lot of the fuckers will do that to the Spice Girls now. When the Spice Girls came out, they were like, oh, this is shit. Mm. And rightly so. I mean, the Spice Girls are quite shit. That's something yeah. that's not said enough. Yeah. Um, but the but the, it's, it's got that vibe about it, and that that distracts people from the quality of the songwriting, I suppose, doesn't it? Well, it does. Because they think it's like a it, joke it band, but it's not a joke yeah. band. No, they're very much not a joke band. They, they, they are up there with the, the Beatles and the Kinks as, as yeah. best, song, Master best songwriters. songwriters. Absolute mm. geniuses. And have you heard the two new songs? No, they're good. I fucking love them. At first, I really? thought, mm, "What is this? Do I like this?" And then I thought, "These sound exactly like if Abba had gone away for forty years and then come back. This is what Abba would sound like." <laughs> Which is good because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the songs that the first one's like a ballad and it almost sounds like it's from um, a musical. Almost two thirds of the way through, where the the lead character is having a kind of crisis of some kind or a sense of doubt it's, it's a really powerful ballad and then the the second one's called oh what's it called don't shut me down mm. and great it's great title for an abba song that isn't it and it's about <laughs> yeah. it's it's about a woman who is going back to the apartment that she used to share with her partner he still lives there and she's she's preparing herself to knock on the door and say it ended badly but i've worked on myself and I've changed and I think there's still a chance for us and also and I left some, I left my favourite plate here and I, I, I was wondering if I could have it back I left my favourite fucking teapot and that's that's like a, a it's a typically aberish odd quirky kind mm, of subject matter and but but yeah I mean they're they're all around the age of 70 now so you, you can't expect them to go bouncing around the world in helicopters on a world tour but this is what I love about this whole thing They've gone, right, we're back. We've got a new album. That's coming out in a couple of months. Don't worry about that. The main thing is we're going on tour. But we're not going on tour because we've got some fucking computer graphics that are going to do it instead. Also, we're not touring anywhere. We've built our own theatre in London. You could come to us. (laughs) Oh, and we're not going to be there. It's the computer graphics. See you in May. And I have got fucking pre-sale links and I'm going to be there on uh, Monday morning. Take it or fucking leave it, dickheads. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And there's this theatre in London near near your West Ham ground mm. that's been slowly being put up over the last few months and no one's bothered to wonder what it was. Oh, I've never and fucking it's the heard fucking, of it. It's the Abba Theatre. It's next to Pudding Mill Lane DLR oh, yeah. station. Yeah, yeah. And it's been slowly being built over the last few months. And I no refuse to get off at that stop because it just sounds too silly. It sounds... It sounds very old London, doesn't it? It sounds very Victorian London. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like an 80s... It's like Pigeon Street or Button Moon, Pudding Mill Lane. <laughs> or like fucking Trumpton. Pudding Mill Lane, Pudding Mill Lane. Here comes the mayor at Pudding Mill Lane. Fuck that. It's not in keeping with West Ham's menacing um, reputation. But it, it, does it not feel a little bit... Um, 
kind of um, Sweeney Toddish. I you know guess, I mean? but uh, you know, I want I want West Ham Station to be called Stanley Knife Alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but you're going to be sharing your uh, entertainment space with other fans for, for, yeah, well, for a while. Oh, I mean, starts, mate, you couldn't get fucking weirder than it is already because I get off at Hackney Wick, right? Which is fucking the epicenter, the national fucking epicenter of hipsterdom. Right? Is it? Right. Unbelievable. You get off at Hackney Wick, right? And you're in this sort of old industrial kind of, I guess it's like a square that was is like old warehouses, each of which have been turned into absurd craft beer microbreweries, Creative vegan spaces. pizza, street food fucking vans, wow. a live music venue to two artists, right? Then there's like the the river with a fucking like, mate. I had fucking lunch on a boat before the match last Saturday. A boat. Fucking hell. I had before a vegan a fucking match. hot dog and a non-alcoholic beer on a fucking boat before a football match. Before My a football God. match. You are if you get West Ham, you won't believe you. But what's weird is right. There's just this massive. There's this sort of melting pot of hipsters who I thought when we moved there, I was aware that there was hipsters around there and I thought they had, they'll yeah. fucking steer clear on match day, right? Yeah. No, they don't. They don't give a fuck. They're all there doing their hipster things, and right? fucking penny farthings and all that. Yeah, all that. I mean, honestly, that is the sort of <laughs> shit you see. Like, loads of them are on fucking paddle boards on the river. Loads of them. <laughs> it's like Saturday, right? It's like one o'clock. I'm having my fucking hot dog on this boat and there's just cunts going past on paddle boards. I'm like, my kid, my, my son went, Dad, where are they going? I was like, well, exactly, mate. That's the fucking question. Fucking Ask them, they won't know. Where are they going with their fucking lives? Yeah, I sit there and I get a crisis of confidence about the future of, like, Western civilization Because yeah. I think, how can these be... These people are dicking around. They're not... I went to a midweek game, and they're all there, like, sitting around having really expensive craft beer and mm. vegan street food, yeah? Mm. And I'm an adult. Yeah, and I'm an adult with a thriving podcast, right? And I'm thinking, well, this is a bit fucking pricey. It's not like when we used to go down Green Street and like a a pie and mash for, you know, (laughs) whatever. And uh, and these kids, like these twenty somethings, I'm thinking they're fucking living around here. They're not at work. What the fuck's going on with this economy? How's it all operating? And I thought. I bet they're all being bankrolled by their parents. But the question is, what happens when their parents die? Yeah. Then what does everyone fucking do? I don't know. I don't know. Who's going to pay for their avocado then? Maybe that's, uh, a documentary, anyway. maybe that's a documentary we should make about hipsters. Um, yeah. What happens when it, the it, hipsters' it, parents orphan, die? Orphaned hipsters who've got, <laughs> who've got, they've lost direction because their bankroll <laughs> has, has dried up. Yeah, bye bye hipster mum and hipster parent guy. <laughs> is there? I mean, maybe maybe is there like? Do they go into like um, care or something like that? Or care? Or go to a fucking care home somewhere for uh, skinned hipsters. <laughs> Brighton, it's called. <laughs> um, or increasingly, but, increasingly Margate, I believe is the yeah, new oh, yeah, fucking hell. My mate. Um, he's been away for 20 years and he's like very much an expat. He's quite bewildered by it because he's been living in fucking Dubai, right? Mm. And I, as far as I understand it, all the Brits there are sort of 
generally speaking, either golf wankers or former criminals slash football hooligans who are on the lam, right? Yeah. So they live in this little bubble. Um, and it's like a lot of sort of 80s and 90s hooligans who just kind of hang out in flashy hotels. And he's come, he's come back. And he's well, he's well bewildered by it all. But the brilliant thing is, is having a mate like that who's been away for that many years is like having a mate who's just come out of the nick, having done a twenty stretch, yeah, right? Yeah, because their yeah. references are really old. So yeah. he said to me, "Fucking hell," he said, "You should have seen it. I brought my dad here for the friendly pre-season." He went, "We got off at Hackney Wick and walked through that trendy square bit of all the graffiti." He said, "You wouldn't believe it. There was all these attractive girls." There was music dancing. He went. It was like a Pepe jeans commercial. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead serious. He was dead okay. serious. I went. What? He went. It was like one of them Pepe jeans commercials. I thought, what the fuck's he on about? I don't even think Pepe exists anymore. And then I realised he was literally referring to that fucking Pepe ad that had "How soon is now" on it, yeah. which was about 1988. <laughs> it was like a Benetton ad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's looking like fucking better on that, mate. <laughs> he couldn't fucking believe it. But it's true, like, the mix is unbelievable. If, if you ever come, fuck knows what the away fans make of it. I mean, West Ham got a bit used to it now. Mm. But fuck knows what they think when the Burnley fans turn up. They must... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's well, baffling. I mean, but I suppose it's nice. There's no... There, I haven't ever witnessed any kind of aggro or animosity. It's like they live side by side quite happily, yeah. it seems. Yeah, like if like lions living alongside, I don't know, rabbits or something, and leaving them alone. I tell you one thing about these hipsters: they're really friendly. Are they? They go. They say things like because they they they're the ones serving you your fucking street food and your beers. Yeah. There's no normal pubs at all. Everyone right. is drinking micro, even your right old fashioned, right. you know, gore blimey ICF lads who are in their sixties are having to drink. They'll go up and say they'll have a pint and they'll have some some kid go into them, oh, do you want a taste of this? This is our new IPA. It's made here yeah. on the site. And you see these blokes like, what? And um, But then they'll always go, the hipsters as well, hey, enjoy the game, guys. Uh, who are you playing today? And they sort of disarm me. You're like, what? Who are you, who are you playing, guys? Uh, Palace. Oh, great, I hope you win. And they're like, well, <laughs> oh, all right. God bless. Uh, All the best. Completely disarmed you because there's nothing you can yeah, say. Yeah, it that, does because they're Thanks. so friendly. <laughs> Bit fucking weird, isn't it? Do you, do you all sit on upturned milk crates or tea chests? Yeah, or? no. Honestly, mate, it's like that. Is it like that? Yeah, that all the bars around there are all like that. You're you are sitting on. I've sat on a crate. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't go to the pub as much as I. I I will go straight to the ground, but if I'm with my kids and we get there early, I'll I'll take them for something to eat somewhere, yeah. you know. And uh, so that's my mate's experience. So, yeah, my, sometimes I'll meet my mates after the game, and you're almost always sitting on a crate or you know just an old bit of wood. Is, is there is wood. there like ironic sawdust lying around and all that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, you or? won't get so. I tell you this much: you will get served nothing on a fucking plate. It will right. all be like yeah. on a bit of wood or some tin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or inside <laughs> a glass, something like that. Or a, a, a laminated photograph of a plate. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because I thought there'd be loads of aggro and maybe because I don't hang around late when everyone gets really pissed, I might have not seen stuff. But as far as mm. I understand it, 
everyone's just sort of like learned to live with each other. Yeah, like lions and rabbits, I suppose. Beautiful. And I think that's quite cool. But it's it is super super weird, like the cultural mix. You know, like Upton yeah. Park. I mean, you must have been to Upton Park, and I don't no, want to be went. one of those West Ham fans that mythologise about. Yeah, Upton Park. Those are the days, the tradition, the real East End. But it was a very traditional. The, the chicken run. Oh, the chicken run. War. Woe betide anyone who's running up and down by the chicken run. Right. <laughs> but although that's all fucking silly, you know, there is an element of. It was a very old fashioned fucking ground and in a very unreconstructed, ungentrified part of London. <laughs> And now yeah. it, we have gone to the other... I mean, put it this way, right? I never went to Roka, but I've been to Stadium of Light a couple of times. And it's not dissimilar to Stadium of Light in, in terms of, you know, the size and the way in which it's quite modern. Yeah. But, you know, what I doubt you had was that degree of a fucking culture shock. You had a new ground, but it was yeah. still in fucking Sunderland. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? It was, only, it was only half a mile from the other one. So yeah, you, it was, you still... It, did you go carry on going to the same pubs before the game? Uh, yeah, because we were just always in town then we walked across, so it was just... Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it was nearer, if anything. But it was... I mean, Rook Park, we knew Rook Park had to come to an end because it was falling down and the capacity was getting reduced every yeah. couple of years because of safety reasons. And it was a great place, but it couldn't carry on. We had to move. Yeah. And it was it felt good to move into a new stadium. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, there, was, there wasn't there was, any was real complaints, was there? When you, I mean, you were one of the no. first big clubs to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess we were, yeah. But, but um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 all those things were basically true of Upton Park. It was falling down. It was in disrepair. There was a lot of problems with getting planning permission to build it to the level it needed to be built to in order for us to compete. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so you know I wasn't totally anti-leaving Upton Park it's just that the ground and, and by the way none of this stuff I'm saying about it being in a hipster area is my complaint about the ground like I say there's there's not many bad things to it there's a lot of good things to it but it's fucking weird is what I'm saying yeah. the, the I mean, shit things about the ground is it's just a shit fucking ground in the middle of fucking nowhere that you've got to walk yeah. for miles to get to and it's miles away from the pitch but that's a separate issue well, I mean, it's going to be taking second place to the uh, ABBA arena, isn't it, from it next is, year? Yeah. Which is going to be on for about but, four months. But so. you telling me this makes me feel more kind of excited because I might be able to take in a bit of ABBA while I'm over there, you know? I mean, would you? will you go to see the ABBA thing? Uh, probably will, yeah. I mean, my kids both yeah. love ABBA, both of them. So, and I think, and you know, yeah, I think my good wife, it, might, it feels to me like a family out in that. I think it'll be fucking great. I mean, they showed a bit of the um, the arena, the mock-up of the arena, and it's going to be part standing, but with seats around the outside, around the sides and the back. So if you're old, you can sit. But if you're young and you like to have a bop, Ooh. you can have a bop down oh, at the front, in front I, of the holograms. I, I love to have a sit-down. <laughs> yeah, gig. I think I'll I'll probably go for the sit-down like, yeah. But I don't, I don't... The idea of being near the front in a standing arena... That's weird because you're not kind of reaching out, if you like, to anybody. You're reaching out to some data. Well, you you feel like you're in, like, yeah, ready player one. You don't go and sit in the front row of the cinema, do you? It's like a dystopian movie. It's a a dystopian future where everyone's fucking worshipping at the feet of a hologram. Yeah. But 
I this, this was supposed to be happening. I mean, a few years ago, I can't remember if I've ever told you this, but I had the one of the weirdest evenings of my life when Sean Ryder had come to be on Sam Delaney's news thing, the much Clearly loved, rested. much missed, currently rested satirical show. Yeah. And afterwards, he said, "Look, I'm in town tonight." He said, "I'm stay, I'm staying in town. Do you want to meet up and go out?" Um, and I said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm, I'm going." He's with his mate. And he goes, we're going to this Bjork thing. We're going to Bjork thing. Um, it's right. a private thing that we've got. Sort of a gig uh, over at Somerset House. Do you want to come? I said, yeah, all right, I'll bring my mate. So I've called up my mate. I said, fucking guess what? Sean Ryder's in town and I'm going out with him tonight. And we're, is it, is it, Bjork's doing a private gig and he's invited us to come. <laughs> my mate's gone fucking blinding. So we met up, had a bit of dinner. And then we went over to Somerset House. And when we got in there, we went, I thought, it's weird that there's like no one here. It looks shut. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. So we got in there and some old bloke met us and he went, oh, yes, I was told you were coming. And I thought, what the fuck is this? It's Bjork. Just, he goes, come downstairs. So we go down into the basement of this big building, some house. And I thought, this is weird. Is Bjork just waiting downstairs for us to do a gig to four people? Is that what what's going on? Is that what happens that's, in the court of Sean Ryder? Bjork would do, I think. <laughs> yes, I am doing a gig. But it is only for... Sean Ryder and three of his chosen associates. <laughs> Why? Do you know Sean Ryder? No, I've never met him. <laughs> but that's, I'm curious that is what about I'm him. doing. <laughs> so we get down there, right? And I and my mate was looking at me like, Sam, this isn't how you build it. And it certainly wasn't. Because when we got down, there was another geezer. And he handed us these fucking VR masks, right? Oh. And it was the four of us gig. in this empty basement. Me, Sean Ryder, my mate and his mate, Wayne. And we all fucking stood there and Bjork in the mask, there was just this really bleak grey pebble beach, right? Mm. It was like depressing, it looked post-apocalyptic. And then I go, what's going on? And I start to hear Bjork singing. And the person who's the real human being who's standing, I can't see me standing next to you, goes, turn around. So I turn like <laughs> 90 degrees and Bjork's there on the beach. 
<laughs> and she is fucking wailing, right? I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. I like some of Bjork's early, you know, her, yeah, her this first was album. Past the kind of pop era, was it? This is the She's gone through the fucking era. looking glass now. Oh. I mean, this is about four years ago, I reckon, three or four years oh, ago. Oh, fucking hell. She's no. well through the looking glass. And she stood on I this gave fucking. Up about 10 years ago, so I can't imagine how bad that was. Really depressing beach as well. And she's uh. fucking wailing on, right? And I'm thinking, oh no! And I'm thank God my mate's got his mask on, because I'm like, he'll be if he could catch my eye now, he'd be fuming. Like you told me we're going to a private fucking Bjork gig. This yeah. is ridiculous. So um, this isn't big time sensuality at all. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> and it went on and on for ages, and she kept disappearing. And then you had to wander around the beach, oh, yeah, wearing your virtual reality to find her again. There she'd be again. Oh, she's behind a rock doing another Ooh. song now. And all the songs were awful. Yeah. They weren't even songs. And oh. um, I thought, well, I better not say anything because maybe she's Sean's mate and that's why we're here. And he, he invited us, so I better not say yeah. anything. And uh, the bloke is telling us, right, this guy's down there and he struck me as a bit of a shyster. He's gone, turns out he's doing virtual reality gigs, right? And yeah. he's trying to, and this has been set up by Sean's manager. He's trying to say, in the future, all in the near future, all gigs will be done like this. Yeah. So we will sell tickets. So it's a limitless amount of tickets you can sell to anyone mm. around the world. And all they have to do is put on their VR mask and they can watch your gig. And you don't have to go anywhere. So you can do every Happy Mondays gig from fucking home or some stage in Manchester and you can sell a million tickets. There'll be yeah. cuts well, all mean, over Japan I mean, watching I it. I mean, we, we adopted that ourselves with Brown John. It was like we? Brown John. Same yeah, thing. But, yeah, but that was just the beginning because Brown John will be VR as of next year. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And he said, and and I said, oh, that's pretty good. And and I thought, oh, that's what we're doing there. And I don't think Sean had understood what was happening. I think he thought we were going to see Bjork in real life as well. And then he said, and not only that, this isn't Sean, this is the salesman, the VR salesman. He goes, football's going to be like that as well. He went, so you can buy a ticket to every game, just be there on the pitch side as close to the game yeah. as close to the game as the manager is like being and in the we'll chicken sell, run yeah yeah exactly we'll say, you can shout abuse the lot throw coins <laughs> darts anything you want golf balls you and shout, nails in you shout abuse and it goes into a database and then at the end of the match when the back in the changing room the players read it they get given <laughs> it and have to read it and you can watch them crying <laughs> uh so I thought, fucking hell. Anyway, then Sean Ryan said, I need a piss. So I said, I do as well. And as soon as we got in the bathroom, he took his mask and he went, fucking hell, what the fuck are we fucking doing here? I didn't realise it was this. We're going to have to fucking stand with these masks on all night. Um, so we're all a bit disappointed by that. But at the time, I thought, well, this does make sense. If Ooh. everyone's getting VR masks, which I thought he was sort of saying, oh, this Christmas, everyone will get VR masks. It will be as common as having an iPhone. Yeah, but it didn't not, quite materialise, did hasn't it? Hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. It needs something that's going to take it into a, a, a new dimension whereby everybody will want to get the masks. And I think Brown John VR could be that thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, make I'll, it I, mean, I don't know whether there's going to be like VIP options at this these ABBA gigs where you do get a VR mask and you get to roam around on stage with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. F- from the safety of your VR mask, that might well, be Well, I did see Billy, Billy Bragg was um, promoting a gig, a virtual gig, yesterday on Twitter and he said that he was going to do a meet and greet afterwards virtual meet and greet alright okay so that doesn't appeal to me at all what doing oh. a virtual meet and greet with Billy Bragg I'm meeting Billy Bragg 
Uh, you know what? I really like Billy Bragg. I'm not like banging to his music, um, but I like him partly because he's a West Ham fan. But oh, partly right, because okay. one time I interviewed him on the phone when I was at like Men's Health. I can't remember why, but I just like I was about a month into being a journalist. It was one of the first sort of famous people that I got to interview yeah. only over the phone because he uh, uncharacteristically had um, some sort of quite advanced fitness regime that he did whilst on tour. Right, Blimey. so really weird. Yeah, he wouldn't he have used to be in the so. army, though, didn't he? So you know, he'd be oh, all did that he? kind of thing. So yeah. I rang him up. Uh, someone gave me his number. I rang him out, and I was delighted just to be speaking to someone I'd heard of. And uh, he was really quite inspirational. He said to me, "I can't remember. I can't remember how it came up." So I was talking, "How do you keep fit?" And he started going. You just started in this go Just he, he asked me if I had a girlfriend. And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Do you love her?" And I went, "Yeah." And he went. <laughs> where's this going <laughs> yeah I thought this is weird and he went yeah just make sure like you, you prove that it is so important to uh, use your creativity as a young person use your words whatever talents you have whether that be music or just writing or painting to let the people know in your life that you love them right yeah. and I was okay. like fucking hell <laughs> fuck me <laughs> this is a bit fuck I've, I've bitten off more than I can chew here is he on drugs what's going on here <laughs> yeah but it was the way he said it. I don't know. Like at the time, at that age, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, all right, mate. Calm down, right? <laughs> Stop thinking. I've got feelings." But I've, it's always lived with me. I thought, "Oh, well, that's interesting, good. bloke." Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, Billy, I mean, bro. I've never written my good wife a song. And now you've I'm, passed it on. You've passed that advice on to the to the cunters. So yeah, everyone, uh, just do something for the person that you love and who loves you. Do something, whatever it is. It might just be a short note. You might just yeah. leave a short note somewhere. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's um, it's a powerful thing to do, and it only takes a few moments, and it's not a big deal, but it means yeah. a lot. It's little things, isn't it? Little things like that that add up in the tapestry of love. Um, speaking oh, the of tapestry love, tapestry of love. Make a note of that for our album. Speaking of um, speaking of love, a lot of love to the listeners who've gone out and uh, upgraded to the. Uh, Turbo Iron Filings thing this week. We really appreciate that. Lots of content to come. If you haven't done yeah, it yet, you fancy doing it. Yeah, it's been a really it. good response so far as well. Yeah, has, like The has. numbers have been good. We're really grateful that you've um, subscribed and we're really going to try and make it worth your while by delivering all sorts of great content, not just VR. Um, yeah. Um, a couple of people have been a bit confused about what they have to do. You don't have to do anything. Just upgrade on your patreon thing from whatever level you're on up to the turbo one you don't have to change your rss or anything you don't have to put a new code into your podcast um app or anything like that it'll automatically do you'll automatically get the level of stuff um um and you obviously you'll get email alerts when there's new content and all that kind of thing so you don't need to do anything different um what are we what else we got to do we got to do some football predictions sam before we yeah. go you were gonna. You were talking about before we started. There, you you put together your three favorite Abba songs. Did you do that or? Yeah, do you want to? Working on that. I've, no, I've tweeted it out the moment before we started recording. I All tweeted right. it because it seemed to be what everyone was doing, and I like to keep up with Twitter trends. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, do you want to take a guess? Is that interesting to you or not? No, you tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. All right. <laughs> so at number three, Waterloo. Right. It's one of yep. my favourite openings. You know what? I really like songs that open without an intro. Yeah. The Beatles used to like doing that. Like, Hard Day's Night's a good example. Yeah. The Beatles do it a lot of songs where it just goes, bang, 
No fucking yeah. about. Here's the song. Like straight into a chorus. Well, Luke's got an intro though. No, but it's the way it it's the way they just bang into my my bum bum. Yeah. But it's their musical in, intro before that. Yeah, well, anyway, before that, yeah. I always think of the drama of the way they come in with that. Yeah. You know, there's no slow build. Yeah. Yeah. Um, name of the game second. Mm-hmm. I was kind of reminded of how much I love that because on a top flight tune machine, I think earlier this year or last year, it came up in a 1978, particularly good chart we did from 1978. Yeah. And when we finished recording it, I just couldn't stop listening to that song for about two weeks. But to number one, five, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's been my number one for many years, is SOS. <laughs> All right. Nice one. Yeah. Two really early songs there then. Two songs. Are they both early, the, I didn't know. Yeah, they are. Well, I mean, what a loser first hit the ad. And SOS was quite soon after that. Wow, there you go. I think mine are number three is Dancing Queen because it's almost overplayed. That one, it's it's you know it's your it's your iconic if you like ABBA song, and everybody goes, oh, we're Dancing Queen. You've got mm. to do Dancing Queen. But when you just listen to it with fresh ears, it's fucking amazing yeah yeah it, it, it is that would have been incredible. that would have been a close fourth for me because that's i would say that's their most soulful funk like it's almost like the, the way the guitars and the bass are and everything it sounds yeah. a bit like a funk track and it's that thing um it doesn't start it's similar it's got a, a, a wild beginning it doesn't begin with the verse they just go straight into the chorus here here's the yeah. fucking best bit you can have you that go, first yeah Not building up to it here it is no. Then we'll Instant do a verse in a minute. Yeah. Second one is number two will be the winner takes it all mm. because it's just heartbreaking. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> I remember even as a kid, because that yeah. was one of their later songs, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, about and, 1980, I think, yeah. And I remember hearing that ABBA were breaking up or something and you don't really understand everything as a kid. You think some adult matters are more dramatic than they actually are. Mm. And I remember watching that and thinking... This is really happening. They all hate each other. They've, yeah, they've split up and she's been booted out of the band. And, and yet it's and crying in the video. She's singing about the winner takes yeah. it all. And I remember it really like upsetting me yeah. when I saw on top of the pops. It's a very powerful song. It's incredible that, I mean, it was the fellas that wrote all the songs and they've written that song for her to sing about their impending divorce kind of thing. And she's gone, yeah, all right, I'll sing then. that. Yeah. They might be. Fucking what's hell. going on with us? I tell you what. Sing that. You might see a few clues in there. <laughs> a few clues. Yeah, work it out. <laughs> <laughs> and my favourite one uh, is probably. I think it might be the last one they ever recorded. The first time round was the day before you came, oh, which yeah. there was only um, on a greatest hits album they did in '82, and it, it was a single. But Blamange covered it a couple of years later. Ah, and it's about. It's a, it's a, a woman talking about her life and the day-to-day minutiae of her life, and it's the day before someone came into her life and changed everything. Mm. And the kind of received wisdom of it is that it's about a new lover, a new partner came into her life. So she's mm. talking about all this mundane stuff that goes on the day before you came. Mm. But there's also a theory, which I heard a while ago, which is about it's actually she's, it's the day before someone comes into her life and kills her. Fuck. Yeah. And when you've heard that theory and you listen to the song again, that makes a lot of sense. It could be either. It's it's vague. You know what I mean? It could be either of those explanations, but it's not an upbeat song, which you would think it might be when someone's talking about someone new coming into their life and making it better, like a love affair. And then there's this kind of synth- synthesised kind of wailing towards the end 
as if there's pain. And it's um, and then when you think that it's someone talking about the last day of her life before someone murders her, it's kind of like fucking hell. But then that's where ABBA were at early 80s. It got really fucking Scandinavian and dark and noir. I mean, if you yeah. listen to their listen to their album, the you last got time a hand it to them as well, writing lyrics that good in his second yeah. language. Exactly, that's the thing. They've always got these quirks in their lyrics because they're writing in the second language. They're not they're not writing, so there's always little phrases and words that aren't quite mm. right as we would have them in English. So that's that's always another great feature of their, of their my, lyrics. My mate, but, um, the one who who um, was there fuming with me on that um, Sean Ryder episode, he was also the one who regular listeners might know, is the one that I basically tricked into feeding a shark while I went shopping. Oh, right, yeah. So there's a lot of things where I've stitched him up in life. My hat yeah. was made. But he is Swedish or half Swedish. Oh, yeah, you said, yeah. So he's grown up here, but his mum's Swedish and he spent half his time in Swedish, all his family's Swedish. And he and the Swedes have impeccable pop taste. Yes. So he, at school, when everyone was into, in my day, you were either into like, hip hop or as we got a little bit older you were into things like Stone Roses mm. and you didn't no one really wanted to admit to liking anything outside of those sort of genres yeah I liked that music all of that sort of stuff but I also secretly liked things like for instance ABC and yeah. ABBA right yeah. and the Human League and the reason me and him are mates really is that we secretly and we had to keep it a dark <laughs> secret bonded over that kind of pop music. And he, the reason he has he's such an expert at it, uh, like he's got such encyclopedic knowledge, is that in Sweden, it appears to me, him and all his cousins, they just fucking... Like, for instance, he got me much more into soft sell than I had yeah. been, right? But we had to keep it such a secret for many years. By the time we got yeah. to university, you could come out of it, right? But at school, you had to fucking keep this keep stuff really down radar. low, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And that, that forms quite a special bond between two fellas when you've bonded over something a dark secret like that um but one of the reasons that sorry i've interrupted you but just quickly he got me into a film which came out in 2000 called together which is a swedish film about a weird family who kind of live i can't can't remember like a lot of swedish films about some family who choose to live in a slightly um uh, what you call it polygamist Sort of like you know yeah. overlapping families where wives share and stuff. Yeah. And it's called to, it's called together, but despite that sounding really weird, it's extremely heartwarming. And the All final right. scene in the movie uses the song SOS to such powerful extent that I actually cried. And oh. he told me I would because he had. And I thought yeah. this was two thousand. I thought there's no way I'm going to cry. I fucking cried. And it's to do that song. That's why that song is always my number one because. Not many, but yeah, you got to watch this film and see the combination of the film with the yeah. music. It's amazing. Anyway, sorry. I'll Go check on. that out. Also, listen to their last album they did last time around, The Visitors, because that is fucking dark and moody. The first song on it is the title track, The Visitors, and it's it's set in Cold War, Eastern Europe, and it's about the fucking, the, uh, the soldiers are coming to knock on the door. You know what oh, I mean? Fucking hell! Yeah, and people think of them as this cheesy camp pop band, don't they? They think Which of them as kind like of well, but then they then they, then they just yeah. But then they they grew and they matured and they got really fucking depressive. So yeah. the the visitors album's brilliant. It's also got a song on there about 
your, your child getting older and the years passing so fast called slipping through my fingers that's mm. heartbreaking as well if you're a parent listen to that on the visitors oh, album yeah. but, and then the day before you came is in the same over it kind of could have been on the visitors album but they put it out as a standalone single go and listen to the day before you came as well and get some miserable aberrant into your world um quickly and this was all what early 80s uh, uh, 81 82 yeah right just before they knocked it on the head first time right. round. um Let's do some predictions because international weekend. Are you ready? Fucking international weekend. Come Sorry, on. say it's time. Be done. I won't go into it, but let's just all agree. Fucking international weekend. Anyway, <laughs> Scotland versus Moldova. Go. Scotland nil. Moldova one. Fucking Sorry, hell. jocks. Scotland one. Moldova nil. Uh, Latvia versus Norway. Uh, fuck me. I, I ain't got a clue. Latvia versus Norway. 1-1. Uh, I'll say 2-1 Norway. Uh, Cyprus versus they Russia. they got Harland up front, fuck's sake. Cyprus oh, versus... shit, they have, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just scores in every game he plays oh, in. Oh, bollocks. All right, go on. Cyprus, Russia. Cyprus, Russia. Cyprus, nil. Russia, three. Cyprus, nil. Russia, two. Belarus versus Wales. This is going to be 3-0 to Wales. I'll say 2-0 Wales. 2-0 Wales. And finally, Ukraine versus France. Mm. What do you reckon? I reckon that's going to be 2-1 France. 2-1 France. I think it will be 1-0 to France. There we go. That's the predictions. That's been your ABBA-filled episode for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you don't like ABBA, something wrong with you, really. Um, thanks very much Tara. all the best 